Welcome back, Bayas. We have Jill again today. Hello, Jill. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we wanted to do the second episode so we could get to know you a little bit more. Um, from the la- if you guys didn't go listen to the last episode, you guys should. Um, I actually have, I think, two or three questions. I got to check my phone right now from the okay. last episode as a social worker that people were like, wait, you didn't ask her this. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'll check I'll check um, my messages right now. And then um, I want to hear your story. Like, you know, you having to fight with breast cancer and, you know, how did that happen? Like, what happened and how did you feel? Um, the whole thing yeah, because that's something I don't think any woman's ever ready to hear. Ever. No. Ever. No. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yes. And then, can you show them your shirt, Jill? Look at the shirt, you guys. Oh, thank you, Jill. <laughs> that's so awesome. So, you just made my whole week. Aw. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> weekend so <laughs> <laughs> um and then if you guys have not heard her she was just this past uh week she was just on the guys show with the sandwich crew so i haven't listened to the episode yet but i also encourage you guys to go support her over there as well it was, it was- it was a very impromptu episode. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what kind of shenanigans you guys got into. Because those guys are, are a big setup. You just never know. <laughs> it, go listen to it. It was, it was a good show. Lots of laughs. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. So hold on. Let me just grab um, my notes here. Or you know what? We'll make them wait, Jill. Let's do that. Let's okay. Do, and we'll do the we'll do the questions at the end. That way, I have some time to go through my message. I know I should have prepared a little bit better and just should have had it in a Google Doc, but I have it in my messages. Um, let's go ahead and start with breast cancer. Oh my God, Jill! How long ago was this? Um, I have been cancer free for three years now. Okay. So in um. 2018 is actually when I was received my diagnosis. That's so recent. And I had, I actually found my lump. I was doing my, um, you know, monthly checking self-examination. And I was like, oh, there's, there's one right here. This is, you know, so that was about like April or May of 2018. Um, when I went back to see my like my primary care doctor just for um, a follow up on some medication, I asked him like, "Hey, how how old do you have to be to get a mammogram? Because a lot of insurance companies you have to be forty mm-hmm. or." And he was like, "Why are you asking?" And I said, "Well, I found a lump." And he said, "Okay, hold on, let me get a nurse." He felt he's like, "I feel I feel one. Okay, I feel two. Okay." And then he felt one in my um, in my lymph nodes under my arm. Oh my god! So from there, and I remember, and he was like, "I can't believe you came in to see me on your birthday because I went on on my birthday. Like it wasn't a big deal, you know." So um, he got me scheduled that Monday for a mammogram and possible biopsy. And he told me, you know, if they have concerns with the mammogram, they're going to do the biopsy right then and there. Okay, you know. 
stay off the internet until then. Um, don't be, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm too young. I'm way too young. This isn't, it's probably just you know, a cyst or something. Um, went in that Monday, had the mammogram right then. Well, we're going to go ahead and do a biopsy. So they biopsied the three areas. And that Thursday, they called and uh, she was like, you know, you have stage. Well, they couldn't tell me the stage at that time, but she said that all three of those came back um, positive for cancer. I had invasive, I hope I'm saying right, invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, and then mine was driven by my hormones. Like, so. Um, oh my God. It was just like, I was shocked. The thing was when I got the news, I was at work. So I was at DHS and I immediately went to look for my best friend because we worked together. She wasn't there. I grabbed my other friend, Kimma, um, who was really, I was really close with her and took off down to my, you know, I had a work mom. Everyone's, everyone's got a work mom. Went down to my work mom's office, shut the door and, you know, cause I didn't want to be alone if I was going to get this news. Mm -hmm. um, told me and it didn't really hit me at first. It took a while to sink in. Um, I took the rest of the day off and called up to OU Medical, which is in the city, the Stevenson Cancer Center. They're like, we got to get your medical records once we get that. And from there, it just went. It was just so fast, um, which I feel really, really blessed because there have been a couple of like groups I've been in on Facebook where you know a woman would find a lump and her doctors were like it's nothing just ignore it it's nothing just ignore it or they would say um uh you know we can't give you a mammogram or they were taking weeks to get in for appointments um and then got that in july i went up there they did a um like a bone scan to make sure it wasn't anywhere else in my body that it had like metastasized and that came back good, which was good. So it was just in my in my left breast and then my um, lymph nodes and met with my oncologist, met with my oncological surgeon. Um, and they're like, we, you know, we're gonna start you on chemo. And I was just like, oh, you know, are you sure? Are you sure I need chemo? Are you sure? Cause my whole thing was my hair. Like my hair was and um, they're like, well, we got to start you right away. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but I was like trying to postpone the chemo because um, we had tickets. We had VIP tickets for meet and greet from Jersey Shore. <laughs> no, Jill. Oh, my God. They, they're not, they are not worth your health, Jill. My hair didn't fall out. But my hair didn't fall out. So like I did my first chemo. And they're like about, you know, seven to 10 days, it's gonna start falling out. I lasted 18. So I got to meet him and then literally, that was a Thursday, that Tuesday is when it started falling out really bad. And, and I'm so um, sorry, you got to meet which cast member? Holly D. Oh, he seems like the sweetest, most level-headed one out of the bunch. Yeah, he was such a sweetheart, he was real chill. Um, mm. Uh, and then after that, I had um, a total of eight rounds of chemo. I had the worst one, which they call the Red Devil. Um, and they literally, the nurse just sits there and has this huge syringe and they just, you know, in, pretty much inject you with it. Um, eight rounds of chemo, 
surgery, 33 rounds of radiation, more surgery, uh, surgery in 2018, 2019, and 2020, and 2021. So every year I've had some type of surgery. Oh my God, Joe. Okay. Okay. So, um, yes, I love that you're bringing, um, into perspective your reaction, right? You're thinking about, not only are you thinking about your health, you know, you mentioned in the last episode, you're a single mom. So I'm sure your son was in your mind. You're thinking about your hair, which, you know, um, some people would be like, that's so shallow, but hair means a lot to us, um, as women. Um, you know, you don't really think about it until it's in jeopardy. Um, and also saying how, you know, sharing those feelings and then also sharing how sometimes providers are not the best and they can dismiss you. And as a healthcare employee, I can say that's a hundred percent true. Sometimes you have to be your best advocate for it. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, of Kaiser. That was my last employer. And they're known in the West Coast. And um, I think they're in Hawaii. Like they have several throughout the West Coast of the USA and including Hawaii. And one thing about Kaiser that I do enjoy is that they have departments for everything. So my last position was in the uh, breast cancer center. So anytime women would call with, you know, I found a lump or there's history in my family because that could happen too sometimes it's the history you haven't found anything but you kind of want to check you know if you carry that gene right um or if you're having any type of breast issues they do have a breast care center and the only thing that i would say is that that department is so busy and we only had like I, i believe it was three or four providers that we could schedule with that were breast care specialists and right. that doesn't mean that they're doctors they they are nurses um but it was really busy it was really really busy and sometimes when women found something they had to wait for an appointment for a month now imagine living with that uncertainty for a month yeah. that was a lot oh i couldn't i couldn't even imagine like i and I was very grateful because even though, um, you know, where I'm at, they do have a, a smaller cancer center here. I chose to go up to OU at Stevenson Cancer Center because here, if you see the oncologist, you could just be seeing an oncologist who deals with, you know, um, throat cancer or breast cancer, or, you know, there wasn't a specialist up there. It was broken down by specialties. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I went up there and... They've been they've been just amazing. They have been so amazing up there. Oh, that's so wonderful it. to hear. That's wonderful to hear. Now, every time that you've gone through a procedure, or you know, when you had to go through the radiation and do that, how did your son take it? Um, because he's he, not a baby, right? He was he's eleven now. He's about seven or eight. Um, he knew that I was sick, but I don't think he really understood the magnitude of it. Oh. Um, knew that, you know, uh, when mommy had surgery, he got to go stay with his grandma. And so that was really all he he knew. Um, 
But at the same time, like I was very, very blessed, especially when it came to my chemo and my radiation, because I didn't have any of the nasty side effects. <gasps> That's you know? a miracle. And you get, I mean, and they gave me something for nausea, nausea just in case, which they're, I always took it before. But, you know, some people have that nausea. They have the, you know, just all kinds of horrible stuff. Um, I had none of that with radiation because you go, I went every day, um, Monday through Friday for 33 sessions. And it's literally like a laser on your skin and your skin can blister and peel and bleed. And and I had, so I was really, really, really lucky with both of those. Um, I mean, and the fact that you've had so many surgeries, I mean, talk about invisible things that we deal with, right? Because yeah. if I was to look at you, I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's healthy. She, she's gorgeous. Like there's nothing wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, there's some things that you just can't see sometimes. Now, moving forward in the future, have they been able to, you know put it asleep or you know did they remove your breast or what did they do oh yes I had the option of just removing one or both and I just said take them both yeah because the lessen the risk of it coming back yes uh, so they originally took just one and I wore a prosthetic for about 10 months okay And I went in and they removed the other one and they put what they call expanders in, which are like balloons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would go back weekly and they would fill them up to expand the muscles. Um, And then COVID hit in 2020 and I had had surgery scheduled twice and we had to cancel it both times because, you know, they were only, they weren't doing like elective surgeries. They were just doing, you know, emergency or, you know, life and death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So then in November of 2020, I had my biggest surgery, which um, was called, I think it's like a DIEP flap. And they, it was basically, and I look at it this way, it was, it was a blessing in disguise. It was a tummy tuck, basically. Um, they took my fat from my stomach and moved it up to make my new breasts. And they took the expanders out. And... That was it. I did spend because it was a, it was supposed to be an eight hour procedure. And I was in there for, I want to say 10 to 12 hours. So there were Um, some complications or it was harder. It's just very lengthy procedure because they do is they have, you have all those blood vessels and everything and they have to move that, keep everything intact. Um, and I did spend five days in the ICU after that, mm. uh, and then got to go home after a week later. And that was probably the most, that was the biggest one. That was the most evasive one. And then I had one more in 2021, um, where they just went back in and like did some tattooing and filled it up a little bit of liposuction and filled it up a little bit and we're good to go. Wow. And you know what? I've always been curious when they do that. Is there mm-hmm. a possibility that the tissue grows like with those expanders? And since it's your own um, 
since it's tissue from your own body, is there a possibility that the tissue can grow back from the cancer and grow into that tissue that was placed there? That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't, um, I mean, when I still go in for like my yearly exams, they still feel and make sure, you know, but um, like I won't ever need another mammogram unless I, for some reason, find something or anything like that. Um, I feel like they've, they've stayed the same pretty much. The one's a little bit um, more firm because when you have radiation, your skin is never going to be the same. So my skin- Oh, of course, of course. Um, but other than that, you know, I was very, I was very happy with it. <laughs> and, um, I think that, I think that I saw a quote somewhere and it said, you know, um, you were given this task like to show others you know it could be completed or something like like you were given this to be like, be like a leader for others and what's crazy is a year after my diagnosis one of my best friends was also diagnosed really she was younger than me is she still so, with us yes oh yes okay. yeah yeah good, hers good, wasn't, good yeah hers wasn't mine was staged so once they finally removed um I had my mastectomy and they removed everything and they removed my lymph nodes. Um, it came back as stage 3B out of four stages. So what my doctor had told me is that if I would have waited till I was 40 to finally get a mammogram, had I not been doing those self exams, I probably wouldn't be here because it. Uh, so um, October is for me is like pink pink everywhere um, I would <laughs> yeah I would get goodie bags for people at work and stickers and bra- I mean everything and I tell everyone like you know check yourself it it takes two seconds because when you you're know, in the shower when you're in the shower yeah, it's yeah. simple yeah um <laughs> we used to wear for for October I asked my supervisor I said can we wear pink wigs because <laughs> I go pink everything too <laughs> um but okay so when when you first decided you know go ahead take both of them i don't want any risk in the future was that a hard decision to make or were you instantly like bye yeah i was instantly like bye um and i had see it's it's crazy the amount of people that i know another good friend of mine she had been diagnosed with breast cancer in her early 30s and we're the same age and she had um, only one of them removed, or she had a lumpectomy where they just take the lump out and that's it. And then her breast cancer came back. No. And so then, you know, that's why I was like, just take take them both, take both of them. I don't want to have to, you know, um, deal with this again, worry about it coming back. And, you know, honestly, I had, I try to look on the bright side of things. I had always wanted a reduction anyways. Oh, that was, yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead and take them and, you know I'll be happy with it um but yeah I went was- I went into my primary care doctor's office and you know I have multiple sclerosis so my body is always on fire like I always feel pain um but I'm like man like it's and the older you get the harder it is to lose weight so I'm like I'm pretty sure I would lose a significant amount of pounds if I just remove these two and you know I even told my husband I'm like get with the idea because I want to remove my breast 
And I go and she goes, no, Maribel, you just need to lose weight. We're not removing anything. <laughs> I was like, man. <laughs> Ask them to weigh, um, weigh them when they remove them. And um, one of them was like three pounds, eight ounces. And the other one was like three pounds, five ounces. So That's I mean, significant. Uh, yes. Um, I, I think I saw a TikTok of a woman say like, oh, you know, women with breasts, what does it feel like? <laughs> I wanted to answer, just be like, oh, my God, just carry like a bag of five pound potatoes every day. Yeah. Just just do that. It's annoying. Um, but wow, Jill. Now, through that journey and, you know, throughout the years with the different type of surgeries that you've had, have you ever had a breaking point or maybe an emotional point where you just felt like giving up? I think right at the very beginning of it, um, it was, I remember it was my second, I had my first chemo and it was my second chemo and we got there and they were like, you know, if you're here for more than 15 minutes, let us know um, and let us know so they can try to hurry up and get you back. Because it's, it's not a quick process. It's about a three or four hour. I mean, you basically just sit there and sleep or watch TV or whatever. And I remember I was there for an hour waiting and I finally just told my mom, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And I took the little thing they give you that vibrates and I said, I'm leaving. I'm done. And I left and no came way. back. And um, I had called my best friend, Laura, and told her. And she was at work. And she actually started crying and was like, I don't want Jill to die. And when I found out that I was like, okay, because she, she's the one who's been my best friend since third grade. And she's not an emotional person at all, at all. And then that was probably like, when I was like, okay, I have to, I have to go, you know, um, not only for her, for my family, for Damon, you know, um, so it was pretty early on. It was pretty early on. After that, though, I mean, it was just became kind of just a routine every other weekend or every other Thursday, you know, chemo and then the radiation. And then that was really it. Wow. That um, I think it's important for me to have these type of conversations because some of us have lost people to cancer. Um, I'm going to give you a, a an example from like a first hand example I'm sorry can't even talk um in 2019 February of 2019 I lost my aunt to cancer but hers was um multiple myeloma if I'm not mistaken that's the name of it but it's it runs in the bloodstream um the thing that really broke my heart was that she never told us what she had she was just like I'm sick and you know I would go and visit her at the hospital when doctors and nurses came in I was you know obviously I'm not going to be hanging around like I would get up and exit the room so I didn't know what they were talking about but I knew that there was something important going on when I saw oncology and I was like why is oncology speaking to her um and she never told us what she went through like the chemos um the surgeries when they did like bone marrow transfers all that she never told us she never shared like 
this is what it is and I don't really have much time and so when she passed away um, we received a phone call that you know they had already told her you know you're discharged like there's nothing else we can do she fought really hard for five years and um, and she went home she didn't call nobody but her daughter one of my closest cousins ever called me and she was like I, I have to go say bye to my mom and I was like wait what now already huh and so we drove up and to see her I didn't even recognize her Jill she was so skinny she was just so fragile and I was like oh my god and I had like all these questions in my mind but that's not the time to ask you know what I mean so now when I meet somebody that has gone through that that has gone through the chemo it's like how do you feel how do you what do you go through and now as a mom like I understand why maybe she did it that she just fought so hard with everything and didn't want her children to know exactly what was happening to her they, I mean, when you're older, too, and you have older kids, I feel like it's a little bit different. Um, Damon knew I was sick. Um, didn't really know the extent of it. I think now that he's older, um, he knows a little bit more, and we've talked about it a little bit more. Um, and at the same time, I honestly, you know, think that I did so well with everything is because I had a great support system. I had a huge support system. Um, my work family, one of my closest friends made a shirt and designed a shirt and a bunch of people like bought it just to and um, my last, right before my last day of chemo, everyone wore I think there's a picture of it on my Instagram, but all uh, everyone wore the shirt and we took pictures like, you know, um, family, friends. I had a, I actually had a boob voyage party right before I had my mastectomy. <laughs> that is so cute, a boob voyage. Oh my God, that is adorable. That is yeah, cute. Had, that is really cute. A friend of mine got this cakes and she made a cake with some boobs on it and it was like... <laughs> You play off cancer, you're an asshole. And, you know, we had a, you know, I just tried to really make light of it. And I think that's the other reason, like, I did as well as I did for being, for my cancer being as aggressive as it was. Stage um, three? I mean, and not only stage three, but B. It's like, mm. so you were like this close, like he said, if you would have waited till you were 40. And I got really lucky because um, it hadn't, it, even though it was in my lymph nodes, it hadn't spread. And I think one of the original sizes of my tumor was like, like five centimeters. I mean, it was a pretty good size. It's probably like that. Oh and then the other one was about three, a little bit smaller. So with, between those two and then what they took from there, yeah. Yeah. Wow, Jill. I mean, it, support always matters. Yeah. The support system, like they say, it takes a village, and it truly does when you have the right people around you to support you. Oh, yeah. Everyone wanted to take me to chemo to get off work for the day. So, you know, I let them pick and choose what days they want. You know, you know who wants to take me this week? Who's going to take me in two weeks? Um, so, I really did have a lot of, a lot of support. So, mm. it was a lot better. <laughs> I mean, I just met you, and I would have been there for you too. <laughs> You're just such a light, like, I can't, I can't even imagine. Now I can't even imagine, you know, 
life without a Jill. Like I said it, and, and I think you saw on the on the social medias, you know, most people were like, Jill's so awesome. And I was like, yeah, she sure is. <laughs> we all need a Jill. <laughs> I did get to, I, the wigs were probably a part that I enjoyed. Um, oh, did you I get colored ones? Uh, I Well, I had a red one, um, a short red one. And then I had, there were several that I had that looked like my original hair and people didn't even know. They're like, oh, hair didn't fall out. And I said, this is this is a wig. Um, I had blonde ones. I had, and we would name them too. My friend at work, Tristan, he named all my wigs, so they all had names. So oh, okay, because you know. they go with a different personality. I I I, I dig it. <laughs> oh, Jill. Well, I'm just, I'm so happy that you surpassed that, and that you're here, and that you're healthy. Um, and so now you check up every how often. Um, I go meet with my oncologist um, twice a year and I meet with my surgeon once a year. Oh, okay. And then I'll have one more surgery, which I'll probably, you know, I'm in really no rush for it. Um, they're just going to fill one of them out a little bit more and maybe do a little bit more of the tattooing because I did, um, I did, they did have to take my nipples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they did find cancer in in my nipple too so i'm glad that they yeah um so, but you know yeah. what technology is so amazing i i love watching i don't know if you ever watched uh botched the show botched. yes yeah oh my god one time they did one um or he reconstructed her breast after she had a double mastectomy and um they drew the nipples like they tattooed the nipples and it looks so real that's like, what yeah <gasps> so when i had my 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 big surgery where i was in the icu they were just flat and then in 2021 i went in and they they made nipples out of my own skin and they tattooed them yeah and so i'll go back for some more final tattooing and um to just fill because this one needs to be filled out just a little bit more and that's it but it looks very natural yes are you self-conscious at all jill no oh i love that i love that let's <laughs> you embrace and, yourself yeah. and you know um for the most part, you know, yes, I am single, but the guys that I have dated, they've been nothing but like supportive and I've never had anyone be like, oh my God, you're, you're riddled with scars now. Like I never even had a broken bone before this. <laughs> and you know, I've got scars. All up here where they put my port in because I had to have a port mm -hmm. for the chemo. They don't want to blow your veins, so they yeah. put that port. Um, and then from hip to hip, I have a, a scar. But I mean, most people tell me like that's really badass. It like, is. You know, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, when when I was growing up, of course, you know, like the people that were on magazines, like you know, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. That's who was on the magazines when I was growing up. J Lo amazing bodies perfect bodies and here i was you know a 15 year old hairy mexican with scars galore all over my body because i have you know scars in my neck from having ivs in my neck 
Um, I have a huge cut across my stomach because I had surgery when I was five. Um, and I was so embarrassed, Jill. I was so embarrassed. And now I feel like such a badass because I'm like, they all tell a story. Like all my little marks tell a story. Yeah. And they really, I mean, they really, they really do. Um, you know, the same thing, like, like I said, I never even had a broken bone. And then in three years I had massive surgeries and I'm, you know, I have scars and everything. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know, hey, this was my battle. I won it. Um, Yes, yes now do you continue to give um you know those props because of your support system that you were so strong throughout the journey yeah um they were you know my family it was my family and my my friends um even my family in wisconsin where you know my parents are from um my friends who've moved away i mean what i did was it was really hard for me to come out and tell people and I didn't really know the best way to do that. So what I did was I made a Facebook group and just added like the people that matter. Were, like to me, yeah. And just a few people had already already knew, um, but I, I put it out in there and just kind of explained everything. And I mean, the the amount of support from, you know, just daily text messages, do you need anything? Like when I would have surgery, um, my sister-in-law started like a chain of people that would bring, you know, bring meals because, you know, I didn't know how I was going to be, um, things like that. So That's amazing. Yeah. That is Everyone. amazing. But you know what? That only shows, you know, that you're such a badass. I, I truthfully admire you so much. And I feel like, you know, that's just a little bit more to know about you. And I'm sure there's so much more to you. Um, than just that because it seems like you've had you've had to be a fighter your whole life yeah pretty, I mean pretty pretty much especially you know in the last couple of years it's been just kind of one thing after another and so that's my whole thing is I'm like oh well you know what I beat cancer so at this point like I'm pretty much invincible like <laughs> I know because to add to it you were dealing with this not only pre-COVID but during COVID yeah, they, um, you know, my doctor would tell me, you know, you still have a compromised immune system, even though it had been years for chemo, they're like, you're always going to have one. Um, I mean, so I took, you know, extra precautions. Um, I had masks and hands, I already had hand sanitizer in my car from even before COVID just because of my line of work and everything like that. So uh, I've been really lucky too to knock on wood, not, not get it. So yes yeah. knock on wood girl because i feel like everybody is gonna get covid at some point um so i get infusions i have to go to the oncology department um twice a year because i get infusions for the multiple sclerosis to try to lengthen um what's gonna eventually happen so delay it that's the word delay it um and it was really hard because i was so used to going with my husband I don't know what happened girl I turned into such a chicken that you know I'm used to like medical procedures and do all that and then my husband couldn't go in with me and I was fainting that's how scared I was because now I have medical PTSD mm -hmm. from from everything that I've been through so it was it, it was oh my god during COVID it was so hard 
Like I almost dreaded going into the infusion center because I just knew that I was going to faint. Um, and then finally last year, um, at the end of the year, he was able to go with me again. But, you know, that was that was really hard. And one thing that I've always lacked and that I, I admire um, from you is that you had such a big support system because I don't really have family. I don't have that close family unit thing. Um, my parents are always there. My brothers are always there, but we don't have extended family that's really mm -hmm. caring. Um, and I'm such a private person that it's really hard for me to like have family or friends, sorry, friends around me as well. Yeah. So, so I admire that of you. Yeah, it was, I even had, um, you know, cause my hair was such a big deal. I even had people come with me when I, cause I finally, as crazy as it sounds, so it started just falling out in clumps and, um, I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to shave my head. I'm not going to shave my head, but it got to the point where it literally felt like someone was taking needles and just jabbing them in my scalp. It hurt and so I had on that Facebook group I was talking about for everyone, I um, was like, if anyone wants to come, I'm gonna, you know, go get my head shaved. And we actually had a store here that used to be called Tata's for Now. And it was ran by two best friends who had breast cancer at the same time. And there was a one next door. And they, when I went in there, you know, they had wigs, they had prosthetics, they had, it was also a boutique as well, you know, and, awesome. and they're, he shaved our head next door and so I went over there in tears and I was like you know I can you and he was like yeah just um can you come in tomorrow night and so we went in and shaved it and I had wigs ready and you know that was oh it was a freeing it felt a little bit freeing um but at the same time, um, I guess I was lucky that everyone's like, you have a nice shaped head. Your head is shaped, you know, but I never went anywhere without my wig. Like I would come home and take my wig off, but I couldn't go leave the house with just like a scarf on or a hat. I had to have one of my, my wigs. I, I, I 100% I'm with you. I probably that probably would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> Cause no, no, ma'am. I mean, I I don't know if I don't I don't have a cone cone, cone shaped head or like nothing weird, but yeah, I have a round face, so I don't yeah. think I would look cute completely bald. <laughs> and one of the girls I worked with, she was um, she used to do hair, and she's like, I'll you know, do you want me to go with you? And I was like thinking, no, I can go get one. And then I called her. I said, please come up here. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what is the difference between a lace front and a not lace front and everything um and so she went and we picked out a couple and then I actually remember there was one time I was in there looking and I tried one on and there were some ladies in there and I will never forget them and their kindness and the lady came over to me and was like um I noticed your bag because I had a, a breast cancer bag and she said and I noticed you're trying on wigs do you mind if we if we you know pray over you and I was just like oh and I just started like crying and she was just so sweet and they helped me pick out a wig that day too I mean it was just you know do you still stranger. have your wings Jill some of them yeah oh my god because that would oh that would like mean so much to me like I wouldn't want to get rid of them because I have I have quite a few of them yeah still you should put some on for us on social media <laughs> 
have to. I might have to. Some of them, looking back, I'm just like, what was I thinking? But um, for the most part, <laughs> I had a blonde one that I really, really, really liked a lot. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. A blonde Jill. Find some and post some or send you some pictures of some of them. Yes, that'd be fun. Oh, my goodness. All right. So now I put the questions to the side, if it's okay with okay. you. Um, yeah. Well, before we end the subject, I just want to say, women, please go check out yourselves. If you have any questions, doubt, is there any history, anything, please go and talk to your doctor. If that doctor is not listening to you, get a second opinion. Yeah. Doesn't matter what insurance you have, you can always call and change your provider. Provider, yeah. 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 Um, so I had uh, two questions. So, okay. So the first one says, as a social worker, what are your thoughts when you see a child that wasn't taken care of properly? Just like out. That's a, that's a good one. I don't know. They didn't say. I guess we could say like if you see maybe a mom on the store. Um. So there have been times when, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that if you're poor or if you're homeless, that your child's unsafe. And that's not always the case. Um, for the most part, there have been instances where um, I would see someone, you know, being very aggressive with a, a smaller child. Um, and then there have been times when I'm like, hey, like, mm -mm. and I have always, I used to always wear my badge on my hip and I would show my badge and I'd be like, that's not, that's not okay. That's not okay. Your child's two and I just saw you slap your child in the face. That's not okay. Oh no. Uh, but if it was just a child that was, you know, looked a little bit disheveled, a little bit dirty and I was at the grocery store or something like that, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the child is unsafe. And that's a big misconception yes. also. If they're, if they're homeless, um, then that child's not safe, no. And one thing about here is that the schools are very, very good about um, helping families out. They have a program that like, if um, they know your family's like low income, they send food home on the weekends, like bags of food. Um, they have a lot of schools now have like closed closets. Um, we actually have a lady who deals with strictly what they call homeless children, which it doesn't necessarily mean like you're living on the street. But let's say if my son and I didn't have a place to stay and we were staying with a friend, um, couch surfing, you know what they call it, he's considered homeless. So he would get, you know, free lunches. Um, he could get assistance with uh, uniforms. He could get, you know, back to school supplies, things like that. So kind of a case by case yeah. situation. So. Um, okay. And then the next one um, actually has to do with the schools. So they're talking about the message is talking about you know the incidents that we've been seeing on social media as, such as the teacher that banged the student against the lockers i don't know if you saw that um and then there was another one where the teacher um was speaking not very nicely to the students it was a male teacher um in cases like that can cps get involved or does the school handle it so Usually, if it's a, the teacher is the what we they call the perpetrator, the school will handle it. Um, but I know that on that one that Cat uh, had asked about, they said you know CPS was involved, um, which I don't know if they were involved on on behalf of the child 
because of the state or how they do that. Because I know like some of the inpatient facilities, they have their own special unit who investigates them. So if like you were inpatient in a psychiatric hospital or ward and there were allegations that um, a provider there had abused you, there's CPS isn't involved. It's like a different type of investigation. Um, and it's kind of, we, we do investigate like allegations on daycares. Oh, okay. Uh, so if there was, you know, allegation that a child was being abused or neglected in a daycare, uh, CPS does get involved with those, but not really so much the school um, with those teachers. If like, like, I said, if the- like see, see, there was the that one um, right now that you said that. I'll kind of add to the list because there was that one. Um, it kind of went viral. The mom that went to go pick up her child and they had left the child locked in like everybody had left and the child was locked inside and she had to call the cops. And do you remember that or did you even see that? I think I saw that one. Yeah. So CPS would be involved with that if it was on a daycare, um, home daycare, a daycare facility, any of those. Um, an, uh, non-licensed daycare because if you here in Oklahoma if you keep child children for x amount of hours in your home that are not relatives that's considered an unlicensed daycare oh. and DHS licensing can come out and and tell you and shut you down yeah wow so, one for for them for sure um anytime anytime a daycare there's allegations and you know a lot of people you see you do see those ones where on camera you know, you catch the daycare worker, you know, abusing the kids. them. Yeah. 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 I think, so. I, I think I really, um, and I, I can't even remember the name of the mom because girl, it would be hard for me as a mom. It would be hard. That's one of the reasons why I homeschool my son. I mean, he still goes, now that he's older, he still goes to on-site learning and, you know, he goes mm-hmm. to tutoring and he does sports and all that good stuff. Like, I'm not trying to keep him in a bubble. Oh, the mom that had her son in the daycare and the teacher had grabbed him or I, I she did something wrong because the kid was autistic, if I'm not mistaken. And the mom mm-hmm. ended up going back, confronting the teacher and I think beating her butt. And I was like, yes, mom, because I think that would be me, too. <laughs> Yeah. And she yeah. ended up getting arrested. I mean, she ended up getting arrested, but to me, it would be worth the the arrest. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing about my son is he always went to daycares that had cameras. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the, one of the daycares he was in, there was an investigation on because the daycare licensing worker, this was prior to me being a CPS worker, had, had to get permission to view my child. And he was like under the age of one. And I said, yes, please, if you find anything, let me know. Um, A lot of times, too, just like with CPS referrals, you get people who get mad, who get fired, and they make allegations or, you know, things like that is actually um, an investigation on when I'm, because I ended up moving him, not for that reason, but another reason to another daycare. And they fired um, his teacher. And, uh, she ended up calling in CPS because she called and told me. And um, I went back and watched the video and it was nothing like what she was alleging at all. So those those videos come in. So handy. In hand, yeah. 
Yeah. So handy. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong, Bayez, you guys can correct me um, in the DMs, but if I'm not mistaken, I think the mom had seen footage. Like, there's cameras in the room. That's why it was caught when she beat up the teacher, because there's cameras in the room. Yeah. And some some facilities um, even have it to where you can live stream it on your phone. Like, the cameras in the room, you know, so... Um, yeah, I, I would I, probably yeah. do that. That would probably be the only way that I could leave my son in daycare, like yeah. to have that peace of mind that I can just log in there anytime. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not. I would have probably done the same thing. I mean, if that was my special needs child, yeah, I don't condone violence, but <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I, I'm a Christian. I'm I'm a Christian woman, but. <laughs> Don't test me because when it comes to my son, mm-mm, that's a whole different case. Especially, yeah. like you said, if it's a special needs. I mean, it's already hard dealing with children as it is. If you yes. if you're working with children that have a special need, then I think mm-hmm. you hopefully you love your job because that's even harder. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a certain way you work with children with special needs. Doing what she did, you know jerking the kid around hitting him is not the the right way so yeah no 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 not at all um wow so that's whew. okay i never knew that cps actually got involved and went mm-hmm. after you know the teacher or whoever the allegation is for because sometimes i've heard that like you know they can lose their license but i never mm-hmm. heard any further details yeah, and they, I mean, they can too, um, if, you know, there are, based on what the allegations are um, and what the findings end up being, they can shut a daycare down permanently as well. So, yeah. Ooh, when my son was born and I had to go back to work, my mom would be like, don't go back to work. Just uh-huh. take care of children. I did that with you guys. And I'm like, no, mom, like, that's a huge responsibility. Cause you just never know so you know if you're a daycare worker or a teacher props to you yeah unless you're a bad one and we don't care yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah oh jill it was so nice to see you today and finally put a face out for everybody to see you <laughs> oh yes i'm thank you for having me back on again (laughs) of course i hope you keep on joining us and come back for other topics i know that there's so much more to you um i love your strength woman i i just i love it and i love your light i just love it so i feel very blessed to call you a friend well thank you like i said if you're ever in oklahoma you guys have a place to stay yes yes i don't know when i'm gonna go but you never know (laughs) You never know. <laughs> yep. Awesome. All right. So I'm going to be signing off, Bayas. I hope you have a wonderful night and I'll see you later. Bye. The conversation is never over. Please head over to embracingmymarkings.com to learn how you can join the conversation as well as to learn more about us. Don't forget to follow us on social media to never miss an episode. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at embracingmymarkings. We'll see you there.